is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. Today, we are talking with Don Goey about de-stressing your life. You know, Don Goey's career in human potential spans more than three decades, and it includes collaborations with Carl Rogers, the founder of the humanistic psychology movement, and Gerald Jampolsky, the founder of Attitudinal Healing. His interest in the brain's ability to overcome stress was sparked when he himself experienced a series of personal crises. After a job loss, the diagnosis of a brain tumor, and the loss of his marriage all occurring within a 10-day period, he experienced a defining moment that left him free of stress and its complications. Since then, Goey has worked with war refugees during the Bosnian War, prisoners in San Quentin Prison, and AIDS patients, as well as many with high-stress occupations and leadership positions. He's been an executive at Stanford University Medical Center, and in 2006, he co-founded ProAttitude, a human performance firm dedicated to ending stress in the workplace. His new book, Mystic Cool, combines the latest research in neuroscience and psychology with practical spiritual insights on how to reduce stress and unlock creative potential. So today, we get to learn about how the brain works, how we can unlock our potential, and uh, so thank you so much, Don, for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, we're going to jump right in there. I want to talk about the book because it just brings up so many very interesting concepts for us to explore and just sort of bounce around today. The first thing, it seems that you're saying in the book that we have an ordinary genius, but our stress blocks us. Am I, do I have that right? Yeah, you do. You know, that we have a brain that has as many neurons as there are stars in the, in the entire universe. And the part of our brain, the neocortex, which is um, everything we think of as intelligence comes out of that part of our brain, it's got three times the number of neurons as there are stars in the Milky Way. And all those neurons are connected into networks of intelligence by about 150 trillion synapses. And when that thing is humming, when it's working the way it was meant to work, the, the way it was evolved to work, uh, we, we're at the top of our game. We're in a flow. We're connecting the dots. We're, you know, our intelligence cannot be higher. But when we're stressed, stress hormones flood through the blood system, and they knock that system out. They dampen it down. They don't knock it out entirely, but they dumb it down. So you get rid of stress, you light that higher order brain function up, and, uh, and, and you're, you're going to operate at a pretty high level of performance. Okay. Okay. So what you're saying then is if we can uh, stop dumbing ourselves down, we're smarter than we think we are, huh? Exactly. Way smarter. Okay. And we're also 
uh, have the potential to be way happier than we are because part of what that network, that higher order brain function network does is it controls our emotional states. And stress kicks that part of the brain into emotional negativity, into survival mode, into fight or flight. When you begin to, to manage your stress, actually transcend your stress, the meter kicks over to positive emotion and your capacity to be happy goes way up. So we're not only talking about ability to perform at a higher level, to perform in ways that are intrinsically rewarding, but to be happy in our lives as well. Okay. That's, what, that's what evolution intended for us. Unfortunately, about 80% of us are, are, are dumbed down and dampened down and depressed down by stress. Okay, 80%. Wow. 80%. That's a lot of people. 40% in, uh, to, are suffering from extreme stress. Another 40% are one stressor away from, from uh, having, you know, going into to chronic stress. And, and so, it, yeah, it's a serious problem. It's an epidemic problem in this country. Everybody knows it. Everybody feels it. But most people don't think there's anything that they can do about it, and that is just not true. Well, why is it, do you think that, I, I mean, I know we live in a fast-paced world, but we're in charge of that, so why is it that we're stressing ourselves out so much? Do you have any clue about that? Well, part of it has to do with the way we're wired. You know, genetically, we, we come in with a certain wiring uh, framework, and then ex life experiences um, intensify that. So, you know, you can come in and be wired for, for fear, you know, little kids, infants, the reason they have such a startle reflex is that their, their fear center, it's called the amygdala, amygdala and it's, it's pretty much in charge. It's, it's completely developed at the time of birth. And the neocortex, that part that makes us really intelligent, that's got to develop over a lot of years. So if a child comes into the world, um, that system's on, and if they run into painful, fearful uh, circumstances, then they're going to get wired for that. They're going to get wired for fear. They're going to get wired for stress. And um, they're, going to have, they're going to have problems in their life. Now, see, what science used to think is that you get wired that way and it's permanent. They didn't think the brain changed. They didn't think the brain created new brain cells to construct new, new networks. And for about 100 years, that was their dogma. But in the last 10 years, we've had major breakthroughs in neuroscience, and one of the most important of those breakthroughs is called neuroplasticity. Uh, some scientists call it the most important discovery in medicine in the last 100 years. And what neuroplasticity says is that as you change your mind and that mind turns into a change in attitude, it actually will begin to change the structure of your brain so that you can rewire a brain that's kind of wired for fear, wired for stress, wired for pessimism, you can rewire that brain for joy, for excelling, for, for higher intelligence, for a good life. Mm -hmm. So how come we're not hearing about that on the commercials instead of all the ads about depression and anxiety? Well, I, I don't know. You know, one of the one you you think you think that good news should be we should be jumping up and down about it. Now, I will say that uh, it's appeared on the covers of Time Magazine, Newsweek, um, New York Times puts it on the front page. There's a couple of uh, series now on neuroplasticity that are on public television. And uh, we're even beginning to, to turn it into learning theory where uh, they're, they're talking about how can they get little kids to rewire their brains so that they excel mm -hmm. at, at school. 
So it's, it's, we're catching up to it. We're catching up to it pretty fast. The wonderful news about it is that rewiring your brain could not be simpler. It seems like the universe just made it as simple as can be. Our problem is, is that when you're fearful and you're stressed, you, you make everything complex. You complicate everything. And so to see into the process that leads to this change, you know, a lot of people that I work with in my workshops and in, in coaching, they'll tell me is it just can't be that simple. And it is. And what it involves, the, our brain has been wired to respond and change um, as, we, as we begin to assert and practice basic spiritual principles. And I'm not talking about religious principles, but spiritual principles. Yeah. So, so really the spirituality element of this is really the key ingredient to changing the brain. Absolutely. Okay. All and right. that's not an opinion. You know, that's, we're talking hard science. Okay, so what aspect of spirituality then would, would hard science say this changes the brain? Peace. Being at peace is, is the, the overriding factor. When you think about it, um, if what you want to do is to move to the opposite corner of stress, the opposite corner of uh, fear, uh, it, you know, logically where you would, would imagine you would end up in a place that was peaceful, mm -hmm. in a place where you were dynamically at calm. In, in a state of calm. And so it turns out, though, that that's exactly the case, is that as we begin to practice what's called a dynamically peaceful attitude, our brain begins to wire for higher-order brain function. Okay. Okay. That makes perfect sense, so that the brain really does... All the chemicals that are created by stress are sort of uh, tamped down or, or down. dissolved when, when, when we get into a peaceful state, and then the brain begins to rewire. That's right. It begin, it, first, it begins to recover those functions that have, have been dulled. And then as you, begin to pra as, you, as you begin to practice spiritual principles, your attitude begins to change, your experience begins to change, and our brain goes, well, okay, I guess Don and Andrea are serious about this. Let's wire for it. And it actually wires for it. And the other part of the good news is that I found really remarkable is that change happens uh, relatively quickly. We're talking about a matter of weeks. I mean, if you're serious about it, if you've, had, if you, if you've hit rock bottom on a life of stress and you really want to change it, you've even gotten to the point where you've given up and now you're hearing me speak and you're getting some hope and you really want to go for it, it, within four to six weeks, your brain will already be in a process, uh, well along in the process of rewiring you to, to, to make a good life more automatic than it is when you're stressed all the time. Okay, so okay, so we can get that general principle that there is a possibility for us to rewire our brain. So I want to go back a minute and talk about the part of the problem brain, the primitive brain. Tell us about that. What is the primitive brain? I've heard it called the reptile brain, all kinds of things. What yeah, it's called all that. It's the emotional brain. Um, it, is, it, it developed 500 million years ago in the animal kingdom. Um, you know, we were, when animals were out there in the jungle, in the, in the wild, wild world, uh, they would eat a plant and it would make them sick, but they didn't have any intelligence not to eat that plant again. Or they would do, take a strategy with a predator and they didn't have the intelligence to remember that strategy that they took that worked and the strategy that didn't work. So evolution gave them the emotional brain 
and an emotional brain, what it consists of is got emotional memory. So you remember the sounds, the sights, the smells, and the strategies that you use to survive. And the basic um, emotion behind that intelligence is, intelligence is primal fear. So it's called the fear center. And it's got a, a wary eye out for any kind of danger that might be present. If that's, it doesn't trust the world. It thinks the world's a big, fat problem. It's trying to kill you. And in those days, it was. In those days, it's exactly the way it was for animals. So this emotional brain built itself on top of the primitive brain, which is just basic instinct, and made us smart. It's the first form of intelligence. And it made us smart by making us fearful and, and, and wary of any kind of danger. And then the emotional memory part of it stored every single memory of any kind of event that was precarious for us, that, that came close to threatening our survival. And ones that uh, really scared us, they get stamped. They get stamped with a, a chemical called, called cortisol, and that makes them really strong. Okay. So, well, I'm going to stop you right there, and we're going to talk some more about cortisol and that stamping process right after the break. We'll be back in just a minute. Okay. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. 
This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Don Goey about his book, Mystic Cool, that teaches us all that we can rewire our brains to not be stressed out brains. And we were talking just before the break about uh, how cortisol gets released into the brain as a part of the stress-inducing potential there. So can you help us out with that some more? Yeah, well, you know, the... So in the primitive brain, you know, we're talking about the primitive brain, it just basically makes us fearful and keeps an eye out for any danger, keeps us in survival mode all the time. Well, we human beings graduated from the jungle, and we've graduated to a level of safety where we don't have to look over our shoulder all the time. But this primitive part of us, this, this emotional brain, this emotional intelligence, you know, primitive intelligence, is still making us afraid all the time. And here's, here's, the, here's the important thing to know, is that, you know, we, we can create all kinds of stress reactions purely in our heads that excite a lot of emotion, create a perception of threat. And when we do that, you know, it's what Mark Twain said, my life has been a series of terrible calamities, some of which actually happened. <laughs> well, the, the brain can't tell the difference between what you make up in your head and, and a real and present danger in front of you. So if either one is, is stimulating that fear center, that primitive part of your brain, it's going to set off a stress reaction. So one of the major ways that you begin to control stress, and this is where peace of mind comes in, is to stop making, to stop catastrophizing at whatever level you do it, to stop fearful thinking at whatever level you do it, to become peaceful and to begin to establish your consciousness in a sense of safety. And as you do that, what your reward is is, is an, an enormous amount of intelligence that you'll never reach when you're stressed and fearful. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, I, you know, I call that as-if thinking. You know, I'm as, it's, it's like a post-traumatic stress response when I'm working with a client who's got a, a very, very heightened fear response to a very, very small event so the, that the emotional response is much bigger than the event that uh, elicited it. So, you know, that's that post-traumatic fear that, fear that you, your memory, your emotional memory is remembering something that happened and acting as if it's happening again not now, even though it's not. That's exactly right. Okay, so, so when that happens, sort of that we've kicked back into the primitive brain Exactly. And one of the things, you know, the primitive brain does is, and particularly the, the emotional memory of the primitive brain, is it plays a game called, uh, you know, name that tune. So you're in a situation and there's five elements 
that are similar to uh, a difficult event that you went through, and two of them in particular look, look the same of it. If, it. if the primitive brain looks at that and says, well, those two look similar to what happened 10 years ago, then the primitive brain is going to excite a, a stress reaction. We're in danger. We're in fear. Where people end up correcting that, it's called flashbacks, where they end up correcting those flashbacks, is with a therapist like you or, or with, with some kind of counseling where they learn that just because those two events are there doesn't mean that this very same thing can happen. And, and the two events, like you said, they couldn't be more innocuous. It could be the, the, the uh, quality of light in a room Absolutely. at a particular time. That, that your, emotional, your emotional brain is going to grab at anything because it, 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 it knows that in, in the jungle, the margin of error is zero. But we're not in the jungle. Right, right. Well, you've worked with a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder and working with war, war refugees and war uh, veterans. Uh, you've seen this a lot then. So how do you help how, when somebody comes home from war, as you said, we talked about this a little bit during the break, uh, somebody comes home from war and the family has no idea that they're getting someone whose emotional memory has been really, um, have to do a lot of work over the last several years. So yeah. what do you do with that? Well, one of the things families can do, there's a lot that they can do. Um, I I haven't worked uh, with soldiers. Soldiers who have severe post-traumatic stress really need uh, specialized uh, psychiatric care. And with specialized psychiatric or or psychological care, just counseling, uh, with that kind of support, they can can turn it around. They can go a long way with it. Um, You know, there's always this argument whether post-traumatic stress is curable or not. It's curable. Mm -hmm. But you've got to go to... You got the, the soldier has to go and, and get some professional support. The problem is 60% of them refuse to do it because of the stigma of it, and they've got to get over that. For the families, families kind of get blindsided. You know, they're so relieved to have their loved one home. You know, their hearts are wide open, their arms are wide open. They, you know, they, they got them back in the, in the, you know, at the hearth, in the home. And... Um, what they may underestimate at times is that this person's emotional memory has been bombarded day after day for months, sometimes for a couple of years, with, with horrifying events. And they're going to need, it's changed them. And it's changed their personality in certain ways. And if the family can gather around that in an air of openness, in a non judgmental way, in a loving way, uh, find ways of talking about it. Um, they can get through it. They can get through it pretty well. And if they run into a, to a bump in the road, you know, a severe bump in the road, they can get some family counseling support to get through it. But they shouldn't underestimate it. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is when someone goes off to war, when they come back, they've been rewired. Yes. Okay. They definitely have been. Okay. So, all right. That's the horror so, of war. I'm sorry? That's the horror of war. Absolutely. I mean, they've been exposed to real horror. There's been there's been no question that they're, 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 their emotional memory isn't filled with imagined uh, threats. Their emotional memory is filled with horrifying events that actually happened, and so they need to come to terms with that. And uh, one of the ways in which they come to terms with that is by cultivating a, a larger attitude of peace, and peace will get them through it. Okay, and now you're talking about what you refer to in the book as the mystical brain. Tell us about the mystical brain. Well, the mystical brain, really, what I mean by that is that once we begin to make this shift from fear to peace, 
And once we begin to have uh, an experience which leads to an understanding that there is no greater gain in brain chemistry and brain power than a shift, a psychological shift from fear to peace, once we begin to make that shift, our lives begin to improve in ways that you know, people often describe as, as miraculous. You know, in terms of uh, work, when we, the way we approach, you know, when you, the way you approach work when you're stressed is you kind of put your nose to the grindstone and you just hammer it out. And you may be difficult to be around and you're exhausted at the end of the process. When you move to, when you make this psychological shift from fear to peace and you begin to activate these higher brain functions, your brain starts working in in mystical way. You start connecting the dots. You start entering a kind of flow of intelligence that begins to solve problems rather quickly. Uh, You know, most people describe it as being at the top of their game, and it's a very mystical experience. And at the end of a day working that way, you know, you you think to yourself, this is what life should be like. Mm -hmm. And you go home at the end of that day, and you've got, the energy and the, and the good emotional state to interact with your family in a really good way and how, how, how your, what life has to work when, when that's going on. And your brain evolved to give you that experience, to give you that power. So when I say mystical, I, I just think this brain is just awesome, what it can do for us. And, uh, you know, Einstein described it as the most powerful uh, emotion being the mystical, he said it's the core of all science. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and we talk so much these days about um, athletes being in the zone. and I don't think that most of us think of that as a stress-free time. I think most of us think of that as, uh, you know, when somebody's in the uh, Olympics, they're gonna be, their stress is going to be heightened. And yet we hear that so many times they just go into this zone. And what you're saying is when they get there, they're not feeling stress. They're feeling peace. Yeah, they are. They, they, the threshold, now they could, they, they could be feeling some degree of, of uh, stress. It's the same as if you're an entrepreneur uh, dealing with trying to create an incredible product. You, there's a part of you that you're stretching yourself, you know. You're trying to actualize more of your, your innate potential. You're trying to do something creative and wonderful, and so it stretches you, and there's a little bit of stress in, in there. But the gateway is as you move through that stretching process into the zone in which you, you're now in the creative process, you're creating your experience, you're creating your performance, that's a, that's a stress-free zone. People talk about it as time stands still. They talk about it as, the, you know, they could be, a, for an athlete, there can be 100,000 people in the stadium and they, they can't, they, they don't hear anything. They're in a, they're in a state of silence, a very mystical state, you know, as we were just talking about. And um, they've, they've done studies, you know, in 100,000 people in every walk of life, from fishermen in Indochina to great Olympic athletes to people like Steve Jobs, great entrepreneurs like that. And they all report the same experience. They all report having gone through this shift, the psychological shift from fear and stress and self-doubt and self-defeating thoughts into this zone where they feel at peace. They begin to feel this, this uh, fearless self-confidence come to greet whatever challenge they're facing. And then this feeling of optimism, this feeling of, I can do this. I can make this happen. And it's a glorious experience, and it's all coming out of a healthy brain that's not flooded with stress hormones. 
Okay. So, okay, part of that then would be changing the belief systems that underlie the negative thinking. Is that true? That's true. And a very simple way of doing that, that's totally true, I should say, underline it three times. And the very simple way of doing that is that, you know, it's, it's not possible to stop uh, the fearful thinking that goes on, you know, they, the, the wiring for that is, 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 is going to be pretty strong. But the point is, is that as those, if you begin to track those thoughts, you, you let them come out of the unconscious into conscious awareness, and you look at them, you begin to understand their illusions. And then you begin to understand beyond that, these are the very thoughts that are blocking me. No wonder, no, no, no wonder I'm not more successful. No wonder my marriage has the struggles it has. No wonder I'm not as happy as I could be. I'm thinking these thoughts, and these thoughts create this reality that I then have to live in, you know. So the, how do you, what do you do about that? Well, when that thought comes up, as you, as you begin to bring it into conscious awareness, you stop believing it. You can have 10,000 thoughts an hour, and if you don't, fearful thoughts an hour, and if you don't believe one of them, your heart stays at peace. All right. We're going to come back to that belief system in just a moment, right after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, uh, uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about Skills USA? Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. 
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back uh, talking today with Don Gowry. This show is brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. And uh, we're, we want to talk some more about this um, part of changing our beliefs or working with the belief systems that sort of underlie the, the primitive brain or maybe the primitive brain underlies them. I want to say uh, the first thing that you said in this show that I think was the most enlightening of all was that we can actually do something about this. And uh, as we were talking a little bit about that during the break, I want to really focus in on how now. How does a person go about changing beliefs? Well, the first thing, the most, the biggest step they can take is actually the simplest step, and that is to bring those beliefs, those thoughts into awareness. And so I would challenge your listeners to do this for the next two weeks is to every time they think a negative thought or have a, a, a upsetting emotion, that they bring it into awareness. They look at it. They don't try to change it. They certainly don't judge themselves for having it. Or if they do judge themselves for having it, they make that the next negative thought that they're looking at. And um, then they tell themselves, this thought is in me. It's not in reality. Remember I said our... Our mind makes up emergencies that our brain believes are real, and when that happens, it sets off a stress reaction, and then we're locked into threat mode. So you let these negative, fearful thoughts come up. You challenge them by saying, this thought is in me, not in reality. And then you just let it go. And what happens is over a period of time, over particularly a two-week period of time, you begin to notice, as I was saying before, that... uh, the volume of negative thoughts that you're thinking is, is pretty large if you're the average person. And, and that's why you shouldn't judge yourself. You've got a lot, you're, in, you're, in, you're in the company of a lot of people. But it's, you're, there's a lot of negative thinking that's going on inside of you. And eventually what you begin to understand is, is that that negative thinking is creating your experience, that you actually are way more in charge of your experience than you might have thought before used to think that all that stress out there was, was happening to you instead of in you. And then after a while, you begin to, when these thoughts come up, you begin to laugh at them because you know they're illusions. Fear is basically an illusion. And pretty soon beyond that, they stop coming up. And at that point, when they stop coming up, when the, when the uh, amount of negative thinking begins to really slow down, that's an indication your brain's beginning, beginning to rewire and um, and you're you're coming home. You're getting home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that is um, just a very crystal clear explanation of the whole process of how we 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 do evolve. And I, I really appreciate the clarity of that, the simplicity of that. I, it's I, that simple. Simplicity is really the word, uh, Andrew. You remember at the beginning of the show, I said the universe seems to they could not have made it simpler. 
you know, there was a woman, she's actually the associate dean of a, of a big, medic, of a big um, business school. And when I took her through this process, I was coaching her through it. She said, there is no way this thing is going to change my unhappiness and stress into joy. And I said, well, just do it. Well, two weeks later, I'm on the phone, and I said, what's been different? What's different in your life now? And she said, well, you know, my mother is different. Her mother lived with her, and her mother and her had all these conflicts. And she says, you know, my mother's changed. And as we began to explore it, we began to realize she had stopped thinking all the negative thoughts that she was thinking about her mother. And she, for the first time in a long time, she was seeing a different mother who was the one she wasn't able to see because she was thinking all these stressful thoughts about her. Mm-hmm. So that's how the shift happens. Right. And, and I, I think that's a real important um, distinction there that, yes, it is true that our external environment can change as a result of, of what we're thinking because we respond to our external environment differently. But I want to be clear that uh, at least I want to, I guess I should ask you, uh, if this is, if it, are we saying, in fact, that every thought we have creates an environmental change or shift? They string together. Okay. And so, you know, uh, I had a, a, one of the people in my office came in the other day and, and was telling me this story about as a son off in college. And he was walking down the street and said, you know, he was, this was his thought process. I'm thinking that, you know, my son's doing really well. We got him off. He's, uh, he and his girlfriend are, are stable. I kind of wish that they would break up. Um, you know, I, I never had the chance to talk to him about, you know, safe sex and everything. And then his mind went into, oh, my God, what if he gets that girl pregnant? Then what's going to And then the next thing he knows, he's, he's launched into this very anxious, stressful state of mind until he got back to the office and he realized, I just put myself in hell just with my thinking. And so he was able to drop it, you know, and, and so that's what, that's what I'm talking about. They string together. They start off with a fearful thought that strings together, that creates an emotional reaction that suddenly propels us into this sense of threat, and our bodies are flung into an uproar. And if, they, you know, if that goes on all day long, like it does for, for a lot of people, 10, 12, 15 years, you start developing serious health problems. Mm-hmm. And it's all traced back to mere thought. So thoughts are powerful. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. And, and part of it is that we, as you said with this woman that you were talking about, we begin to see differently. As we think differently, we begin to see our realities differently. That's right. And then you begin to wonder, you know, what, what is absolute, the way I'm seeing it or what's actually out there? Right. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that if you begin to change your thoughts, you begin to move in this direction, you begin to make this dynamic shift in attitude from fearful to peaceful. You make that your practice. The world will begin to look differently to you, and you'll love it. And that's all that matters. You don't have to figure anything out beyond that if you get to that point. Really, really, absolutely. And that's what I say is when we get to that place, we've tapped into something that I call the authentic self, and it's, it's, it makes us more reality-based. We're not living in the illusion of fear. We're living in the reality of who we really are. Beautiful. That's beautifully said. And, and, you know, when you talk about the authentic self, that's the mystic part of mystic cool for me. Mm-hmm. Because when you get into that authentic self, it, it does, you feel kind of like a mystic. 
Yes, absolutely, you do. You got, suddenly you have so much more power than you had before. And you know what the power really is? That the most important power to, to recover in your life is the power over your own experience. You know, the, the, way, the, the way it's like to be a human being on, on Earth is that there's 10,000 things that are out of your control and they're changing all the time and you're doing your best to keep up with them. And it turns out the universe seems to have given us only one thing that we're in control of, and that's our state of mind. That's our attitude. And that when we do get control of that, everything changes. And we begin to understand that's more powerful than circumstances. My attitude is more powerful than circumstances. It makes me larger than circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, and that is such a good way to say that. It makes me larger than circumstances because... When we think about who we are in the midst of what we've created, we are the creators, so how can we not be larger? I think one of the greatest uh, books that uh, teaches that, and, and anyone reads this book, they can't help but to get it, but is the, uh, the book by Viktor Frankl. Uh, oh, yes. For, forgot, I just forgot the name of it, The Meaning... Uh, I can't remember it either, but I know <laughs> I've read the book actually. But yeah, I can't remember it's a beautiful, name. beautiful. I recommend it wholeheartedly. It'll change your life. And if you if you Googled it, it's Victor V I K T O R Frankel, F R A N K L. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. And and what basically he's reporting in that book is he's in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife has, who, who he, he, you know, he's just a young man, and his newly wedded wife's been taken to another prison camp. And he was a doctor. And he began to observe that he could predict who was going to die in the prison camps by virtue of their, a change in their attitude. When their attitude began to go south, he knew that very quickly they would die. Those people that held on to a strong attitude, he, he observed, they survived. They made it. And he also talks about there's this core experience inside of us, inside each human being, that has a capacity to see beauty even in the middle of that darkness. And he tells stories of a train ride over the, uh, over the Alps in which the sun is rising and, and the prisoners pressing their faces against the cracks to see the sun coming over the Alps and the joy that was in their face. And he said, if anybody would have just seen the picture of their faces, they would not have believed that these were people who had lost all life and all hope of freedom. Mm -hmm. That's attitude. And he said the last of human freedoms is to choose our own attitude, to choose our own way, because it makes us bigger than circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and so well demonstrated in that book. I really wish I could remember the name of it. But, yes, look up Victor Frankl on Amazon.com. We have just a minute before the break here, but I want to I want to start us at least talking about the qualities of Mystic Cool. You talked about that, and just about time for break, so we're going to have to come back to that right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today to Don Goey about his new book, Mystic Cool, and we'll be back in just a Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. 
This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And we're back with our final segment today, uh, talking to Don Goey about his new book, Mystic Cool, and learning how to de-stress our lives. Don, I want to uh, ask you just a minute, uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you or learn more about you? They can go to my website. My website's uh, www.mysticcool.com, just like it uh, spelled out, just like it sounds. Um, I'm also going to be doing a, a, a workshop at... Uh, a wonderful retreat center out here in California for anyone interested, and they can find out about that on there as well. And there's lots of good things, lots of information on the website. Okay, yeah, I've been on that website, and it is really cool. I would encourage our listeners to go to it uh, anytime at all to get a little Mystic Cool, www.mysticcool.com for Don Goey. Um, okay, so let's spend a few minutes, and we don't have but just a few minutes, to talk about the qualities of Mystic Cool. You've listed them, or you've talked about them in your book, and I want to just spend a little bit of time. What are these qualities? How does somebody know when they're in the zone of Mystic Cool? Well, there's four things they practice. And, you know, one of the things that neuroscience discovered is where our attitude gets generated in our brain. It was actually the beginning of this whole breakthrough that led to neuroplasticity. And so one of the things that they found is that when we're emotionally at our best, we're at peace. When we're emotionally at our worst, you know, we're fearful, and the brain follows suit. The higher brain goes south when we're fearful. And so they decided to take a look at people who are professionals at peace, really practice it, see what their brains look like. What they saw inside their brains was they, they were astounded how well-developed their brains were. It's the kind of brain we all want, the kind of brains we want for parents. And so they... They, um, they drilled down into what these monks were doing, what was their spiritual practice that was building this great brain, and they isolated four qualities, of which I call mystical. And the first quality focuses our attention. We're quietly engaged. We're fully present. We drop that incessant thinking that we've been talking about on this show, that stuff that produces all that pointless preoccupation with the past, with emotional memories that are fearful, with endless worries about the future, all that stuff. And we practice being present right here, right now, engaging whatever is before us with an open mind, with an alert mind. You can, your listener can do that right now. Just become fully present. Drop the past. Don't worry about what's coming next. And be present. Notice the colors in the room. The second quality sets our stance in life. We're peaceful inside regardless of what is happening outside. So we're not afraid. We're not threatened by the outside. We're not, we don't, the outside, whatever it does, doesn't throw us into survival mode. And thus we can face a challenge confidently. And we can feel our way to the best possible response to that situation. So this means, you know, the next time that you're in a traffic jam trying to get to a meeting that you're afraid you're going to be late for, you calm yourself down and you say, my peace does not depend on this traffic jam, uh, my, or my peace does not depend on my car moving faster or my peace does not depend on being on time to this meeting. I can be at peace right here no matter what. There's some things I don't control. The third quality has to do with our sense of connection. This is very important. This determines how long we live in life. Our hearts are open. We're empathic. We have the intention of creating an atmosphere of interpersonal resonance. You know, all of our communication is seeking connection, not division. We consciously connect with our own internal center, um, and then with whoever we're, we're with, and, and ultimately with whatever we think of as, as greater than ourselves. And, and in our relationships with other people, we practice listening better, we practice judging less, 
and we practice forgiving more. You know, all great marriages are based on forgiveness. Uh, the f last quality is engenders a wider perspective. It's this enduring sense of the whole that transcends the fragments. You know, and so much of the time when we're at work, we get caught up in the details. Every half, every 90 minutes, every two hours, it's good to come up above and look down and remember what it is that why you're doing what you're doing. I remember uh, one woman I was coaching, she was just in frenzy, all the details of her birthday party, and we got her to calm down, relax, kind of rise above it, and look at the whole, and she realized the reason she was doing this is that she loves her daughter, and she took that feeling back into working with the details, and she had less stress. So those are the four qualities of Mystic Cool. And that process of getting her to calm down, of being able to get centered and listen to what it is she really wanted to accomplish that day, right, is major. It's major. major. And we lose it, you know, when, when we're pushed and rushed and stressed. And, you know, stress, stress is always painting a, a, a frantic picture. And we get caught up in that. And then we forget, what are we doing this for? Mm -hmm. And then when we can remember why we're doing it, we re-inspire ourselves and that inspiration is a stress buster. Right. And it's an exhaustion buster, too. Exactly. You get a lot of energy that comes from just being able to say, oh, okay, this is what I was trying to do here. Exactly. Right. Well, stress in general, I mean, that's one of the biggest problems people complain about with stress is fatigue. You know, when you're activating, when stress kicks, you, kicks into gear, it amplifies everything in your body, and by 2 o'clock, you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've worn yourself out. Right. And so you recover all of that energy. People wonder when they begin to manage their stress a lot better why they feel so much more energy. It's because they're not, they're not burning it up with stress reactions. Right, right. Very important. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to say this to our listening audience. I, I, I work so many times with so many people who have this um, giant club hanging over their head saying, you've got to get this right, you've got to get this right, you've got to get this right. And so I want to be clear that this what we're talking about about de-stressing is a process and it doesn't happen overnight and and it can happen pretty rapidly but it doesn't happen overnight and it's not um, something you have to do correctly it's some it's a process that says okay what it who, who am I and um, you know the process of, of changing your beliefs and getting down to the mystical brain and uh, so I wanted to say that because that's just yeah. such a big deal. So many times we have to work it not working. <laughs> well, you know, if people do feel inspired by what they're hearing today, um, they can go out and get my book. That would be a good place to start. And I'm not peddling my book here, but they need to go out and find something that will take this inspiration and do something with it, turn it into a practice that moves them forward. And they will be amazed at, as they put one foot in front of the other, suddenly, you know, they're taking... 20 steps at once. It's, it, once your brain, once your brain uh, joins you in this process of moving for a better life, for a good life, for the life that evolution intended your brain to deliver, once that starts happening, things begin to happen rapidly. Yeah, and it sounds like the qualities that you talked about, the qualities of Mystic Cool, <clears throat> excuse me, cycle back into each other so that when you get to the end, you go back to the beginning and it's just a real good cycle. Very perceptive. And, you know, when you look at those four qualities of mystical that these monks were doing that, was, that, you know, verifiably lead to changes in brain structure that leads to a greater experience and greater intellectual power, emotional power, okay. when you look at those four, it couldn't be simpler. 
Yes, absolutely. So that's the simplistic process. Don, thank you so much for being on our show today. And listen up, listeners. Next week, we have Gary Zukoff and his partner, Linda Francis. Don't even think about missing this show. And remember, until then, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.